Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Becky L Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you reminiscing about summer childhood memories uh, during the break and figuring out uh, what kids can't do anymore. Uh, which was kind of sad, actually. Or reminiscing on our favorite summer outdoor games. I brought up Kick the Can. It's affordable. Kick the Can. Good good pastime. I threw out Capture the Flag. Similar. Kick the Can you lost me at. Everything else I I know, Kick the Can you lose me. Is that East Coast and West Coast? Not in the Midwest? I feel like... I never played Kick the Can. Really? Huh. Is it Canadian? No. We played it in Seattle. Yeah, no, we Weird. played it a little bit. I'll have to. It was a little further. I'll have to defer down on to the, the Twitch chart, but... chat. Yeah, I forget the oh, exact no. rules. Is lap dance cheating? Is the first thing I see on Twitch chat. <laughs> I mean, you had to know to that that was going to make an appearance. Yeah. You, you go to the I Twitch mean, chat. You had to know that was coming up. Then. And I even tried yeah, to bring up a far more innocent topic in this segment, and here we are. <laughs> They're still talking about the other segment. I was thinking about adding about... can to our bachelor party weekend, but no, apparently it's back to lap. <laughs> so bong yeah. water played. That, you have to do Chicago more traditional things, I guess. Yeah. God. Hmm. Way to go, guys! I, feel like I remember weirdo. as a kid, we had the. We had the slip and slide, you know, so you break out the hose and then, you know, run and then, you know, see as far how far you can go. What was really funny to me in retrospect was taking off the slip and slide and packing it away and then seeing the lawn with a big yellow stripe where the grass died underneath, whereas everything else is nice and lush and green. You have this big yellow stripe where the slip and slide used to be. Uh, I got to believe yeah. my parents who uh, love their lawn a lot were really upset with that happening. Oh, yeah, Mr. Hassan was not guy. about the slip and slide more than like Same. once a month. Oh. The lawn, the lawn like took precedent. Same. My dad was like, yeah, go to your friend's house for that. We're not doing it over right. here. Anti-crocodile right. at the Aspen house. That's, I was crocodile just trying to remember. Like, yes. Yes. I love it. You can get I don't some think good I was hang allowed time to get that one too. for that reason. I was. You know what I did on the weekend? That was not. I put like a slide into like a kiddie pool for my daughter. That was kind of fun. Well, it's actually like a oh. splash pad, so it has like sprinklers all around in a circle, and then I had her like go down the slide into it. It was fun. We had a good time. That's cool. I watched, obviously. That was fun. Did not partake. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, you weren't getting on the kiddie slide going to the splash pad. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh. oh, I would get stuck on that thing, break it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great for the gram, Aaron. Just saying. Splash pad, ironically, probably also the name of the establishments where some of these people are cheating 70% of the time. Oh, no. But That's a bunch. great name for one of those establishments. It's not bad. To be fair. That's pretty good. 
business idea? Back you no. all daily after dark? From live from the splash no. pad? <laughs> live from the splash pad. Uh, new segment idea. No. No, we're not doing that. All right. What we are going to do is talk about the AP poll. Uh, which came out yesterday. So George is number one, followed by Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, uh, USC, and you know a lot of it's predictable. There, there are a few inconsistencies you can point to and say, okay, this seems a little odd to me. But what's interesting about the AP poll, coaches poll, all of that good stuff to me, Aaron, is do we really know what we want to do with these polls to begin with? Because I think some people think it's okay – these are the top 25 teams right here, right now. And I think some people also look at it as, well, this is who we think will win the national championship at the end of the year, or this is who we think uh, will finish second or third or whatever. And to me, the exercise of ranking teams is really inconsistent. I am so glad you brought that up because I asked this very question in one of the breaks. <laughs> so what exactly are we doing with this poll at 10 o'clock? But I did look. So what I decided to do was compare this list with the odds at BetMGM to see where you could find a little discrepancy. And I guess we could just start there for now. Michigan number sure. two here, but you can find them at eight to one. So I thought that was interesting, much higher on the AP pool than the odds reflect Penn State, 22 to 1, you could find some value. Notre Dame, 30 to 1, you could find some value. Overvalued, Alabama. Here in this hmm. AP pool, they're number four, and I believe it, they're number two, shortest odds. Something like that, yeah. Uh, as I sort of look at this as well um isn't it wild that uh, i'm seeing at one place georgia is minus 220 to make the college football playoff like i get georgia's really really good but minus 220 is insane when you think but about how do they all not the make possible it? things that could happen <laughs> i guess well yeah. they they lose a regular season game and they lose in the sec championship game to alabama or lsu and Okay, While so if everyone thinks that... Georgia is so good, if they give you plus 200, most likely the books are losing on that, right? Hmm. Like, what would they have to but put I, the I, number I... at? That's a good question. But I, I do think that there are enough folks who feel like, okay, because no team's ever three-peated or – you know, yeah, the schedule's really easy for Georgia, but you remember last year, the Ohio State semifinal, like they get the Buckeyes gave them everything they could handle. I, I think there are enough folks, you know, quarterback questions at Georgia, Stetson Bennett, who is uh, insanely cerebral, isn't there anymore. There are enough things you can point to with Georgia to say, okay, yeah, they're going to be really good, but are they plus 200 to win the national championship good? that's where I would probably intervene and say, eh, you know, probably not. There are a lot of other teams you can point to, and it's probably more fun to bet on, uh, you know, a slightly longer dog uh, to, to pull that off. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring up the AP poll here is, to me, this is worth archiving or saving somewhere this preseason version. The coaches poll is exactly the same way because these polls right now in the preseason – can be more predictive than AP polls and coaches polls and even the playoff poll 
that we will get at the end of the regular season when it comes to, say, predicting bowl games, for instance. Uh, so Ed Fang has done a lot as far as studying uh, efficacy of polls. And in the timeline that he viewed, the coaches poll, if you're using uh, these polls to predict, say, bowl games and who wins those, the coaches poll gets it right nearly 60% of the time, the AP poll close to 59% of the time. And this is more accurate than what we get at the end of the season. I think one of the things that we tend to do, especially when it comes to college football, is we pay too close attention to what happens during the regular season and base everything upon that compared with looking at our priors, looking at last year when you have more veteran-laden teams, those kinds of things. And we almost forget to look at those things as well because our priors matter. What happened last year also matters. What happened several years prior as far as looking at uh, historical success for certain programs, those things also matter. And I think these polls can serve as a friendly reminder that no matter what happens during the regular season, it's best not to throw this away, that this is still valuable information for important game-to-game bets in the future. Yeah, maybe we should start another Google Doc where we just put these polls and stuff in there so we can reflect back. (laughs) Remember, on August 15th, when Michigan was number two in the AP poll. And then we can see what's going on at that moment in time and compare it. But yeah, I think it's, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting to take a look at these, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know exactly how much stock I should be putting into it as a fan and a better. I would say some, uh, it's a wisdom of the crowds approach where you're combining everyone's intelligence and that's better than say one person, one individual coming out and, and sharing their views. So in that respect, I, I think it is useful. The other thing too is, I think this is a great template for if say, you know, hypothetical here, let's say Alabama beats Texas, but it's done unimpressively. Kind of like last year, where Alabama narrowly escaped Austin with a victory. Let's say something similar happens here, where, yeah, Alabama wins, but quarterback didn't look too good, may have been a fluky call somewhere, maybe a goal line stop, something where the game really could have gone either way. Well, at Mm -hmm. that point of the year, Alabama is going to drop in these respective polls, right? And rightfully so, given the exercise. But... I think it's also important not to forget what the projections are right here and right now. And that's where maybe you can find some better value. It's something Aaron Schatz, you know, mentioned uh, a little bit yesterday, where in the NFL, preseason projections still carry some value in the regular season. And to an extent, this is a preseason projection in college football. And this still Mm -hmm. carries some value now, where even after a couple of important non-conference games for some of these powerhouses, if they don't look impressive or they look too impressive, it's important to scale back or scale up based upon what the priors are. That makes sense. I know TCU kind of stood out, and I'm curious, Paul, I know you had some thoughts on that if you're interested in sharing. Yeah, I just think – I do think TCU and Kansas State as well, who played in the Big 12 championship game and obviously TCU went to the national title game. I just feel like these rankings are a little bit resting on their laurels from last year. A lot of turnover at both of them. I just, I I think I would be, I don't expect them 
to be the 15th and 16th or what is it 16th and 17th uh best teams in mm-hmm. the country or compete for a big 12 championship this year um so that that was one that stood out to me and another interesting one just because they're the only non-power five school uh in the top 25 is tulane which ed you're from that area is it tulane mm-hmm. or tulane because i've heard both the the outsiders say tulane but the right. locals say tulane Tulane, mm. yeah, all right, because I yeah, there was a guy who transferred up from Tulane up to Q's when I was there, and he kept saying Tulane. That was the only time I happened it. But now we've got that cleared up. Um, but yeah, this is a team <laughs> that, granted, probably should not have beaten USC in the Cotton Bowl, but came back from forty-five to thirty with four and a half minutes left. I mean, that's you know, and they bring back like a thick fourteen starters, and the interesting thing is like they've got a strong offensive line. Michael Pratt is back. But as a quarterback, they did lose their top five tacklers. So, like, honestly, a game like South Alabama in week one where South Alabama is getting seven and a half in the hook, I might look at South Alabama in that spot. But it will be interesting to see. Um, I mean, that Mississippi game, their second game of the season, honestly, for the South Alabama game, that could be a look-ahead spot for Tulane a little bit too. We got Ole Miss that second week. You could look at Tulane there. Um I think they're, I mean, they're an interesting, they'll be interesting for like a, you know, if they get another bowl against another power five team, but I mean, Ed, how far do you expect them to rise up the rankings? Like something like that. Let's say, let's say they beat South Alabama point spread aside. Let's say they win that mm-hmm. game. Let's say they beat Ole Miss. I mean, how, and they, they go on a run. What's their ceiling? <sighs> I wonder, this is more philosophical than it is specific to Tulane, but I do wonder (laughs) with Cincinnati making the college football playoff just a couple of years ago, what the perspective is when it comes to group of five programs in that, yeah, Tulane came off of an impressive win and you you have had like Houston and Boise State have impressive victories the year before, things like that. But eventually you get compared with the big boys. And I don't even know if Ole Miss is considered, yeah, it's an SEC school and Ole Miss, you know, should go bowling and may very well finish in the top 15, something like that. But I don't know if we consider Ole Miss as one of the elite programs where if Tulane beats them, then suddenly they are, you know, looking like a team that can challenge Georgia for the national championship. I still feel like that for say a Tulane or any group of five, to get into the top 10, top five, they also need help by having everyone else be mediocre. You know, one of the things that I wanted to point out uh, from Matt Brown from The Athletic, he says that since 1989, 15 and a half preseason, or in average, a 15 and a half preseason ranked teams have finished in the top 25. So chances are roughly 10 teams currently in the preseason top 25 will not be there by season's end. So who are the candidates? TCU makes a whole lot of sense to me with a different offensive coordinator. Uh, You could have a team in the top 10 like a Washington fall out altogether. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma falls out, depending on on how things play out. But that matters a great deal that, yeah, these preseason rankings, yes, remember them. Keep them in your priors. But they are going to shift as well, but you don't want to overreact to it once the regular season comes around. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will look at the top secondaries in the NFL and how we will use them in our handicapping processes right here on the BetQL Network.